When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and every week I get to bring to you some of the most interesting people in the world of professional speaking. And today, we're going to talk about growing your business using the teachings of the classic book, Think and Grow Rich. And our guest today is Ann McNeil. Hey, Ann, welcome to Speakernomics. Thank you, Tom, for the invitation. I'm excited. Oh, I'm, I am so excited to be here. Uh, I had the pleasure of getting to know Ann. I'd, I'd known her through online things for many years. But recently, when I was in Florida, speaking for the South Florida chapter of the National Speakers Association, Anne ran a workshop after the main meeting for two hours, where she roundtabled and workshopped the ideas of the teachings of Think and Grow Rich with a bunch of speakers. And I was so taken with how involved she was with the content and how it had impacted her own life. I knew we needed to bring her here to Speakernomics to talk about this. So Anne, what are your two tips for speakers? on how to use the teachings of this classic book. Well, Tom, first, I think that the first tip would be you must have a dream to have a dream come true. Ooh. And the Ooh, second- Wait a minute. I love that. Say that again. I love that. <laughs> yes. You must have a dream to have a dream come true. Second tip would be you will get great clarity by determining who you serve and what you need to do to have that. All right. Well, we're going to have some fun unpacking this today. But for those of you who don't know Ann McNeil, Ann helps entrepreneurs get clarity on their highest income producing areas in their life and their business. Now, she, in 1979, had a regular job, was going through life, and at 9 p.m., on December 31st of that year, she picked up the book, Think and Grow Rich, and she realized in that moment that her ladder was against the wrong wall, and her whole life changed from that moment. So, Anne, let's go back to that. Let's go back to New Year's Eve, 1979. What was your life like, and what happened after that? Well, at the time, I, I had a good corporate job. You know, I like to tell people I'm old enough to remember riding in the back of the bus with my mom holding my hand because of discrimination. Yes, I'm black and a female. And but I'm young enough to remember uh, benefiting from the 1964 Civil Rights Act that allowed me to work in corporate America. So 
that night I, I knew that I was struggling with some things, but just had not taken the time to figure out what they were. And so my husband and friends decided to celebrate the new year. I decided to stay home and read this book. But Tom, as I began to read the book, the book began to read me. <laughs> and that is where, and when I came upon what Napoleon Hill calls the six keys, I call them the six keys to riches. He calls them the six steps. And may I share what they are? Oh, please. Yes. Okay. The first question he asked me, Tom, and, and I'd like to ask all of your listeners is how much money do you want? Second question was, what are you going to do in return for the money? It's got to be some kind of product or service you're going to sell. Third question, Tom was by what date do you want the money? Fourth question was, what is your plan of action? Write it down. That's what he said. Write it down, your plan of action. And then number five, he suggests that you create an affirmation statement from the plan. And then number six, he suggests you recite it twice a day. And that was the point my life began to take a turn, Tom. Nice. And so over the last, gosh, how many years ago, that, that how many decades that has been? A long time. What have been some of the great things that have happened to you because you've implemented these steps? Well, first of all, the realization that I had to accept the fact that I was broken, broken. That's first. Acknowledging the fact that I had a problem and did not know how to solve it on my own. The second would be to create a mastermind group of accountability and be willing to hold people accountable as they held me accountable. And I would say the third uh, would, in terms of what's happened since then, is that five businesses later, after however many years, I call it since 1979, I'm the first black female contract in the state of Florida, operating at the level that we do, focusing on billion-dollar programs. Came out of the book, yes, still. I'm the uh, owner of MCO Consulting, where we do consulting of DE&I, outreach monitoring and compliance for private and public sector firms that work on public sector land because of requirements. I'm also the founder and owner of Constructive Speaking, which is why I'm here with you and is a part for a long time of the National Speakers Association. But I'm also the founder of the International Mastermind Association, where I've taken this concept and created a process for people to learn how to start and run successful mastermind groups. And I'm also the founder of the National Association for Black Women in Construction, where I'm taking my craft and my career and helping other women like myself to have a better quality of life in this industry profitably. Well, I knew as soon as I met you that you were just a powerhouse. And I love hearing about all the success that you've had using these key steps to be able to grow your business. And you also work with so many other people exposing them. I saw you do uh, that workshop at the South Florida chapter. But on top of that, you also for years have run a mastermind discussion group with Black NSA. Is that right? Absolutely. Well, I coached Black NSA members, Black and white and Hispanic and male and female uh, on what we call the million dollar mastermind, where I help people shift their thinking by focusing on these tips that we're discussing, starting with how much, doing what, by when, and then really question, having them to question and challenge if their craft would get them the profit they desire. And sometimes we don't actually write it down. We just think in our head, Tom, that this is it. But when we write it down and are held accountable, 
you know, in a mastermind setting, week after week after month after month after month, we begin to see things differently. Okay, and I want to dive in now to your two tips for speakers on how to use this to really find more success. And your first one was, and I loved this, I made you repeat it, I loved it so much. You have to have a dream to have your dream come true. So let's talk about that. What What do you mean by that? And how can people set that dream and make it come true? Well, I'll use myself. My my dream that night, uh, once I sat there and started to actually ask myself the question, how much money did I want? Uh, that's the dream. And a lot of people say, well, I mean, what if I don't want money? I want to be a philanthropist and I want to do all these things. I bring them back, Tom, to the fact that whatever their response is going to be requires money to achieve that. So now let's go back to the money and let's determine how are you going to, you know, have that dream to come true without the money. Once we go down that lane and they realize they can't, now their mind is open to look at what they're doing and if what they're doing will bring them the dream that they desire. And oftentimes it does not. So you you bring up the fact that, you know, sort of money makes the world go round. And if you don't have the money, you can't you can't chase the dream. And yet some of us were raised, you know, very strictly about the fact that, oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't chase money or, you know, money isn't the goal. How do you get people past that? Well, no, very simply, the goal is not money. I would agree with them. That's first. I'm going to agree with whatever they say. That's first. And I say that money is not the goal because what the goal is, is to have a better quality of life. That's the goal. So whatever dream you have, regardless of what it is, it is hopefully, prayerfully, it's going to give you a better quality of life. And if you're in business, the same. And what we tend to find, Tom, for those of us, because I can't, I do come from a religious background. My mom was a holiness minister. So we were definitely taught that our riches was in heaven, but I cannot pay my bills here on earth. <laughs> We laugh about that, but the indoctrination that we tend to receive, and it's not until we are willing to do the inner work, Tom, that we're able to go back into those memories and understand why do I think the way I think, which is why the book and the title, not just this book and title, but so many books uh, can help shift our thinking to help us to see who we are and why we're where we are, but also how do we get to achieve that dream? So I love this fact that you have to have the dream if you want it to come true. Exactly. So what do we say to a speaker who doesn't necessarily concretely know what their dream is? How do they even find what their dream is? Start with the passion. Start with the passion. And I, I oftentimes will start people with money. I, listen, that's <laughs> I'll talk about. So if I were to ask you, Tom, how much money do you want? And, you know, we did do this exercise when I saw you at Florida Speakers. And by the way, you did a phenomenal job, too. Oh, thank in you. Your presentation. Yes. Thank you. I, I actually like speaking to the chapters of the National Speakers Association. I mean, you know, it's, it's a labor of love. You don't get paid to do it, but it is fun. Uh, you get to share a little bit of your expertise. That day I spoke about podcasting, which maybe I know a little bit about. But more importantly, you get to meet all the cool people in all the different Absolutely. places around the country. And I say it all the time that I don't know how you succeed in this business if you don't have speaker friends. And so being involved with NSA to me is a great way to build those friendships. And and now you and I are friends. And that's a member benefit. So I have to say that we often talk about the value and and and, and benefit of our membership in the organization. And that is definitely a benefit that you cannot put a price on. But I, I would say to people who 
have a problem or struggle with, with the dream to just start with identifying how much money do you want? I mean, that's what the author talks about because once you can identify how much money you want, then you can determine what is it that you're going to do to make the money and put pen to paper with a date. And when you begin to do that, Tom, things will happen. It may not happen quickly in terms of the realization and the light bulb coming on, but you can really see whether or not what you're doing would generate. And we know a lot of speakers and we've been the speakers or coaches or whatever authors who say, I want this amount of money and I'm going to write this book, but not realizing that once you write the book, you've got to publish it. You got to, how are you going to publish a book if it's not about the money? Well, and what you essentially walk through, especially going back to those six key steps that you talked about in the beginning, if you start with how much money do I want, and then you go to what will I do to get it, you start looking at the products and services that you offer. And that's an interesting thing because sometimes we have ideas like, oh, you know, I want to write a book. And they think, oh, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to make a million dollars. But the average book sells something like 300 copies. So there's a lot of people with a lot of books in their garage who haven't sold the book. So you have to dissect, what am I willing to do? Does this product or service really get me there? So how do you guide people to being able to figure out if they have the right mix of products and services? Well, first of all, I would like to go back before you write the book. Can you afford to publish the book? It takes money. And let's go back there. That's where I was. You see, we have these grandiose ideas that are called dreams and that passion and mission and purpose and all these things. But do you have a job that's going to pay you to work that purpose while you're on that job? Not quit my job to do my purpose and live my purpose and live my dream. But how do I transition from where I am to where I want to be? And that oftentimes is a two to five year process. Yeah, it wasn't 1980 when you went and launched five, no. five companies. It took you time from reading that book, coming up with your plan, knowing what you're going to do to then becoming, you know, this this prolific businesswoman that you, that you are. One of the things you talk about that third step was by what date? Why is having a date so important? Exactly, because you must be able to measure the progress. And a date will pull you to as you go through. Whereas, you know, we've heard that a, a you know, uh, uh, a goal without a date is, is, you know, is a wish. So that's what a date would do. But let me go back to the point you made about me. And I, I will say this. It took me 10 years, Tom, to get out of the debt. Mm. So let's let's be clear that it is not overnight. And I tell anybody, if you're going to start a business and you're going to work on your dream, remember that dreams and businesses are like babies. Do you have children, Tom? I, I do. I have two two adult daughters. And how old how how long did you carry those children? Well, my wife carried them for, you know, how long <laughs> did she carry them Tom? for nine months? No. <laughs> 19 years well and and even beyond that i mean uh, I, wait wait you're getting to my point now <laughs> so a business is like a baby and so is a dream because you must nurture it you must feed it at the same time you must be nurtured and fed and so how long will it take that business to support you as you support it that's deep 
That is that is that is very deep, and it and it is true. It doesn't even stop at that eighteen or nineteen years. At, at, exactly. at the end of the day, you know, I I do have a saying that the best part of parenthood is having adult children, but you know, you're you're still their parent. Exactly. Exactly. The next part of that is, is what is your plan of action? And that really comes down to sort of what I would call reverse engineering, what you're yes. going to do to get there. And you stressed in that, that you got to write it down. Why is it so important to write down your plans? You can see it on paper. You see, when I started this process in December 30, on December 31st, 1979 at 9 p.m., one of the things I did at about 10, 1030 was I took out a sheet of paper and this was before Excel. This was before computers, the way we know them. And I actually drew a handmade spreadsheet on a sheet of paper. And I wrote down all of my checks in order and the date and the payee and amount. And I looked at what categories was I spending the money, right? Now, my point is I had to get to the real, accept the realization I was deeply in debt. That's first. But it wasn't until I saw it on paper, Tom that I had to face the facts that if I continued to do what I was doing, I was going to continue to get what I was getting mm. and nothing was going to change. And so once I began to realize that that night, I realized that what I was doing in my corporate job was not going to get me to that desired goal, which at the time was to save and well, basically make a thousand dollars over what I was making. I couldn't do it. So writing it down is critical so you can see it. So the next part was creating an affirmation. Now, here's the part where some people go, "Uh oh, my woo woo meter is going off. They're talking affirmations, but I'm a big believer in affirmations. Why is this such an important part of this philosophy? Well, let's let's start with step five. He tells you exactly how to start the affirmation. He says the first thing you want to do, you start with the amount of money. So I'll use myself. So he said, number one, how much? So I said a thousand dollars. He said, doing what? I said, I'm going to start a business. He said, by when? I said, December 31st, 1980. He said, what's your plan? So those four things become the affirmation. So my affirmation turned into, I will have $1,000 from a business that I'm starting by December 31st, 1980. That simply, number one plus number two, number three, number four becomes number five. Nice. And then the last part is reciting it twice a day. How important is that? Critical, critical, critical. You see, because your subconscious mind does not know the difference, Tom, between what's true or false. It only knows what you tell it over and over and over and over again. And so by telling yourself, whether you believe it or not, that affirmation statement, once upon arising in the morning and then once before going to bed at night, you will eventually attract to you the forces and the people over time that will help you achieve that goal. So why do many people, because I know a lot of people who've read Think and Grow Rich and they get really excited about the book, the way it's spelled out. I mean, the book's been around a long time. A lot of people have done it, but then they write the goals, they do the thing, and then they, they never say the affirmation. The book gets filed away. Why do people stop this process? I think a lack of accountability in a mastermind group of accountability. That's number one. But also I I do believe that number two, and they can go back and forth. It can become number one. And that is that your dream is not big enough. Your why is not big enough. 
Now, you, you mentioned mastermind groups. We've actually had an episode or two of Speakernomics where we've talked about how to form a mastermind group within the National Speakers Association. Uh, almost everyone who you see get inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame in their list of thank yous. They thank people who are part of their mastermind group. This term of mastermind group really comes out of, in our vernacular of our society, if you, you trace it back, it really comes out of the book. Think and grow rich. I mean, masterminds have been around forever. Ben Franklin had them. I mean, if you look at what what is uh, uh, the Knights of the Round Table, what is the President's Cabinet? It, those are just mastermind groups, right? They're accountability groups. But Think and Grow Rich really took this term mastermind group and, and brought it forward. Why are they so important? I mean, you're the founder of the of the Mastermind Group Association. Why are mastermind groups so important? Well, let's go back before Think and Grow Rich. You see, when Andrew Carnegie interviewed, was interviewed by Napoleon Hill and asked him to do this 20-year research on the most successful people to write a philosophy of success, Carnegie was interviewed and was asked by Napoleon Hill, what is this mastermind? What is this mastermind group? Where did it come from? And this was Carnegie's response. This is a quote. And Carnegie's response was, Jesus Christ was the first masterminder. And the disciples were the, was the first mastermind group. And you can check that in his book. It used to be called How to Raise the Salary. Um, now they've renamed the book. It's called The Wisdom of Andrew Carnegie. But so Carnegie suggested that was the first mastermind group, right? But I do believe that one of the reasons why it is so vitally important is because if you're not held accountable by people who are of like mind and like spirited, then you are not going to achieve that goal in the manner of which you would like to as soon as you would like to. Now, you may achieve it and take a long time. And I go back to Carnegie. Carnegie shared his first mastermind group was 50 people. And he knew absolutely nothing about the making and marketing of Steel, but all of the individuals in his mastermind group did know about the making and the marketing of steel. So now when you take that into consideration, it encourages us in the fact that whatever it is, your dream and your goal, you don't have to be an expert in that. Just align yourself with those who are experts in that making and marketing of whatever it is you desire. Well, this is one of the reasons I tell everyone who wants to get into the speaking business of why they need to get involved with the National Speakers Association and regularly be attending the Influence Conference in the summer this year in 2022 in July in Nashville. I always tell people it's so important because you get around people who are doing the business and oftentimes, even if it's not a formal mastermind group, people can't help it. Success leaves clues. So when you get around people, that's how the magic happens, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is one of the reasons why, Tom, when I think about how long I volunteered with the National Speakers Association and Black NSA and hosting these mastermind groups twice a year, it is because oftentimes as speakers, we tend not to really have accountability for our industry, for our craft of like-minded and like-spirited individuals, especially brand new speakers. And then some mature speakers, because when you look at the platforms and the technology and all of these different things that are coming up, there's no way to stay on top of everything all the time. But when you can bring, and we've had as many as 50, 60 people as a part of the large 
mastermind group. And then we break out into breakout groups in that one big mastermind group of eight to 10. And Tom, I'm telling you, it is phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. And the growth and the relationships that are built within that has just been phenomenal. And again, I'm going to keep saying this. This is an NSA member benefit. Absolutely. So, and I want to go to your second tip before we run out of time here. And that was that when something to the effect of that, when you have a dream and you find its clarity of who you serve and what you do, that's going to help you move forward. Can we talk about what you mean by that around clarity of that dream? Exactly. What I suggest is that when you have a dream, the clarity is about what is your niche to be rich in your expertise? That's the clarity I'm referring to. Because if your niche, your craft is not going to help get you to your dream, then you need to pivot. And that clarity will help you understand who's your target market? Who do you serve? Is the product or service you're serving beneficial to that client it may be the wrong client it may be the wrong industry it may be the wrong market and that's the clarity i'm referring to so if people struggle with clarity how do you help them find it ah they can connect with me (laughs) (laughs) no you listen i'm a speaker what else am i supposed to say because i actually do have a clarity mastermind group that i created and tom we only meet once a month But the exercises we do every single day, when I tell you the people that have gotten greater clarity has just gone through the roof. It has just been phenomenal. But to get clarity, I I really would encourage people to look at getting uh, a mastermind group of accountability and really testing your craft and, and discuss whether or not it will give you your purpose. Nice. All right. And before I let you go, I want to ask you a question. What part of the principles from Think and Grow Rich do you find that impact you the most on a daily basis? I would definitely say the six keys to riches for me, because that's what started off for me and just really getting to know how much doing what by when. And I started off Tom talking about the thousand dollars back then, 1979. It took me 10 years to get out of debt. But right now, Tom, my desire is to make a thousand dollars passive a day. Nice. Nice. So, do you go back to those six key steps to riches? Do you go back and, and redo them constantly because your life is evolving and changing? How often do you sit down and go through those steps? Actually, actually, Tom, and I mention this every time I get a chance to speak every single day. All five businesses are built on what I call the six keys. And if any of your listeners are interested, then they can text the word and that's a N N you can text the word and at five, five, six, seven, eight, you can text five, five, six, seven, eight, and we'll send you that. But Tom, five businesses, my construction company, we start with how much money do we want to make on an annual basis? Then we go to what are we going to do in return for the money? What kind of product and service? And I will tell you, in my industry of construction, Tom, I went from being a hard bid, was called a subcontractor, to only focusing now on billion-dollar programs. That's how deep this conversation is. And then we determine by what date. We give ourselves 12 months, which we start in January, and we go to the end of the year to track ourselves. And then we develop a plan. 
for everyone in the organization, we create a plan of action. And yes, we write an affirmation statement, Tom. (laughs) And yes, we recite it because we do meet twice a day. So actually, everyone who works for you in these five businesses and organizations, everyone has to be part of this and everyone has to go through this on a regular basis. Have you ever run into employees who are like, yeah, that's not my thing? Uh, Well, yes, we do that in the interview, Tom. We have In our application for employment, you do sign an agreement that says that if you don't read, yes, it is grounds for termination. Mm. That's how strongly I feel about that, because the weakest link in our chain could possibly be someone that's not reading. All right. So, Anne, out there right now, listening to this episode of Speakernomics, there is a speaker who is is maybe new on the way up, or or maybe they're more seasoned and they're they're trying to reinvent and, and go farther. What's the last little tidbit of advice that you have for them that's going to help them thrive? (laughs) You must have a dream to have a dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. That's what we call going full circle. I always talk about the best things in my life are in a pattern of circles. And that's when you can start at one place and you go through all the adventures. You come right back to that first tip. I love that. And thank you so much for being a guest here on Speakernomics. This has been so much fun to have you here. And I'm so impressed with everything that you have done since December 31st, 1979. Thank you. All right. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. You know what? Join us every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.